This is Abel James, and thanks so much for tuning in to Fat Burning Man, where we help you look, feel, and perform at your best. Today, we're here with Tommy Whitaker, who's about to tell you how he shed an incredible 108 pounds in just 13 months with the Wild Diet. But here's the crazy part. Tommy lost more than 100 pounds without exercise. He's going to add that next. We talk about it on the show. But... He did that by focusing on food instead of the treadmill. Before his weight loss, Tommy weighed 357 pounds. Though he and his wife tried many diets over the years, none lasted more than a few weeks. But after he saw my client and friend, Kurt, cut his body fat in half on the ABC TV show, he gave the wild diet a whirl. Instead of burning himself out on the treadmill, he just decided to eat right. He's already lost 108 pounds and it looks like he might actually break the record for the most weight lost using the wild diet we're about to show you how tommy did it and there's a lot of wisdom that he has to share with you because i'll tell you what it's uh, it's one thing to lose 30 pounds ish which is basically what i did i was overweight and sick and very inflamed but it is a whole different thing to not only lose over 100 pounds but keep it off and that's the real challenge now if you're listening to fat burning man for the very first time welcome to the party so you know fat burning man does not mean that this show is just for men in fact most of our listeners are women Uh, man is meant to mean mankind we're all meant to be lean fit happy and healthy and i make a point to keep this show family friendly and free to everyone uh, with no locker room talk. You might also notice that you don't hear a bunch of sponsors advertising on this show. There's no peddling mattresses, stamps, or ads for scammy investment opportunities. We decided to do things differently. Uh, I know that when I listen to podcasts myself, I'm turned off by all of the constant ads. At the beginning of every show, it's just ad, ad, ad. It wastes time, uh, and more importantly, to the musician and artist inside of me, it ruins the vibe. So my wife and I decided to bring this free podcast to you without outside sponsors for the foreseeable future, and that means that we're getting creative. Now, if you watched our TV show on ABC, the one that Tommy watched and got inspired uh, a little more than a year ago, you'll be very happy to hear that I keep in touch with Sean T. Actually, I was just hanging out with him uh, this past weekend at his place, and it was oh so good to see those guys again. He's become one of my closest friends over the past few years. Kurt, also very good friend, is still going strong. And Jay Cardiello, uh, who's J-Lo and 50 Cent's trainer, who was a co-star on the show, is also coming up on this show soon. So check that out. And if you need a little bit of motivation and inspiration to get fit this year, you can watch full episodes of our ABC show, My Diet is Better Than Yours, on Hulu and YouTube. If you're watching the show, I don't even know where it's being aired right now, but I'm curious. So if you're finding this for the first time, definitely write in at fatburningman.com. You can also find some of the best clips of the show, including me sprinting while dressed in a full body bacon costume on national television at fatburningman.com. Just type in fatburningman.com from any device. Have a good laugh. And don't forget to sign up for my newsletter for lots of free goodies. Here's the quick recap in case you did miss that uh, TV show. In week one, my contestant, Kurt, transformed into a fat-burning beast by dropping 16 pounds in seven days with my plan, The Wild Diet. Enjoying grass-fed burgers, fatty coffee, fresh veggies, and even a bit of chocolate, we finished week one in first place, winning number one 
in both the weigh-in and the fitness competition. And after just six weeks of being on the wild diet, Kurt shed a whopping 50 pounds, no longer needed any of his prescription meds, and dropped nearly double the body fat of the other four contestants. Kurt's wife, Alicia, even lost over 30 pounds in six weeks going wild, and she wasn't even on the show. <laughs> so uh, then it was pretty surreal after that because it, uh, the wild diet started to catch on. The wild diet was named a top trend in search by Google in 2016, and then People Magazine featured the wild diet in a full-page spread, and I even made cameos on Entertainment Tonight and Unnecessary Censorship on Jimmy Kimmel Live. More very big news soon. Now, if you're ready to shed fat and take your health into your own hands today, listen up. We're running a Wild 30 Challenge, and you can join us right now. You'll get instant access to our best workouts, meal plans, quick start guides, audio, video, and more in our 30-day system. So you can grab our premium plan with six bonuses for a limited time using this special link. From any device, type in fatburningman.com slash 30 days. That's the number 30 D-A-Y-S, fatburningman.com slash 30 days. You'll even get all of our uh, new recipes, which are very exciting. Different kinds of cheesecake, of course, because that's one of my favorites. And uh, the chocolate pudding that you saw Kurt enjoy as well. Now on to the show, though, with Tommy Whitaker. This one is a doozy. He's going to share how he dropped over 100 pounds in a little over a year by not focusing on fitness and just doubling down on food and and props to you tommy for making it work because uh, obviously it, it works better when you combine the two try to hit your nutrition first that'll give you a, a nice boost in energy and in confidence to go and nail the uh, the exercise and fitness portion later but i'd like to violate the stereotype which is totally unfair and untrue that you need to be a cardio bunny or a gym rat in order to be uh, fit and look good and feel good and age gracefully and that sort of thing. Eat clean and then uh, once you do that, it's like your health starts to happen automatically. You're not hungry all the time. You get out of that cardio hamster wheel that so many of us were stuck in and might be stuck in right now. I know I was there running 30 to 50 miles a week, not just because I liked running, which, which I did, but sometimes I didn't and I worried if I stopped doing that, that I would get fat again. And uh, as you can see from uh, some of the experiments that have been on this this podcast, sometimes the results are fascinating. So there is a lot to learn from Tommy. Here's a little bit more about him. He worked as a Toyota service technician for 10 years. Now he teaches automotive technology. And uh, he's also a fierce competitor in barbecue cook-offs and loves cooking wild feasts. He lives here in Texas too, uh, so that explains the barbecue cook-off thing. And he also gets what it's like to try to eat clean, to eat wild in the South. It's definitely an adventure in and of itself. But can you really lose 100 pounds without exercise? Stay tuned to hear from the man himself. When did you start the process? Was it like right after seeing the show? It, it was right after seeing the show. So it was right around the beginning of February. Okay, cool. So it's been uh, about 13 months now. Yeah, that is and awesome. I'm I'm right at about 108 pounds down. Wow. So it, it's been it's been really good. Yeah, that is so fantastic to hear. Yeah, it's it, it's really changed from being a, a diet to basically more of a lifestyle change. I mean, it doesn't you know it doesn't feel like a diet anymore. You're just used to it, and you know, and you kind of know what you can and can't eat, and and you know, really, the, my only weakness is sugar. I mean, that's that's the bad thing. If there's a 
you know, a birthday cake or, you know, muffins or something else. It's just like, man, that, that's that's my weakness is sugar. Yeah, I hear that. And you can really tell it now. You know, used to, you didn't really notice, but now, man, and when you have it, I mean, you can feel the real drug effects of it. I mean, it is, it's serious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, totally. We've worked so hard on trying to fight that nasty, nasty bugger <laughs> for a long time. It's pernicious, and it'll get you. And we've all been there, you know? It's kind of stacked against us in that way. I think you're in a really unique situation that a lot of people would like to be now, but they, from the, you know, imagine yourself a year ago, that's where they are right now. And they kind of need something to help make it feel like it's worth it, you know? You know, anything that I could do to help motivate somebody or, you know, that's what I like so much about the show was when the show was on TV, just watching it and, and seeing Kurt go through his struggles and then. Yeah, watching you on there and watching the food that you know Kurt was eating, I'm like, well, I like that stuff. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, compared to some of the other diets that we've tried in the past, where you just felt like you're starving. I mean, that's what I really liked about this diet is is you're not starving anymore. You know, that's the worst part of it's the hunger pains, and uh, you know, it's, it's great being able to to fast. And I mean, there's times that, that I'll fast for 16, 18, 20 hours and you don't even feel hungry. It's like, just give me some more ice water. I'm okay. Right. You know, yeah, that's, exactly. That's what's been really helpful to me. Uh, it uh, gets easier, right? It's like, at, at first it sounds like a weird idea. It's like, I couldn't go more than two hours without food. That's how I started too. And then yeah. you, you do it a little bit and you kind of get the hang of it and you're like, wait a second, I like how I feel right now. I, I'm I'm not hungry. It's like all of a sudden you don't feel those cravings to eat all the time. I know. I know. You know, whereas used to, you know, when I would go to the doctor and I'd have to get blood work done, you know, and they tell you, well, you can't have anything to eat after midnight and you've got to come in here at the clock and have blood drawn. It just felt like torture. You know, you're, you're staying up to midnight to go ahead and get something last minute to eat. Then you wake up and you go to the doctor and give blood and it's like, please hurry, take the blood. I've got to go eat some breakfast. And, you know, now it's like I'll eat at, you know, seven or eight o'clock, go to bed, get up. I went to the doctor about a week ago and, you know, they're like, OK, good. You know, we got your blood drawn. You can go get something to eat now. I'm like, well, I'm probably not eating anything. Or maybe lunch, you know, noon or something. I mean, I'm just I'm not hungry. I got some water. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Me and my wife are really happy about this because our youngest son still lives with us and he's 13 now. And he started yeah. this with us because we all basically do it. You know, we kind of let him cheat a lot more than than we do. But, I mean, he has changed completely. I mean, he is so, like, thin and tone and, you know, and, and he just loves the food. And, you know, both of us just wish that we would have been shown this when we were kids, you know, because I don't know how it was when you were growing up, but we were always just told, you know, clean your plate. You just keep eating. You know, hey, there's more food in there. Go back and eat more. And you were just encouraged to eat and eat and eat. And that, that definitely wasn't good. <laughs> right. And I've been there too you know it's it's like the cards are stacked against us and yeah. it's an unfortunate part of the process and and you know what you have to kind of swallow up or, or spit out some bits of your worldview in order to get over that hump but once you do you kind of have your shields up to the uh, manipulations of the system or the way that it's been co-opted to kind of like make you salivate every five seconds, right? And crave something else. You need to get off yeah, that, that hamster wheel. I, I was just reading some of that in a book and it makes more sense, you know, because we're just overloaded with consume, consume, consume. But one of the things that's so great is you see some of these kids get involved at a young age when uh, they don't know that that nutrition is not cool yet. 
right? So I met uh, a few kids who were using, they, they found the Wild Diet book and they're in like fifth or sixth grade and they're trying to make weight for wrestling or, you know, karate or um, later on crew teams and stuff like that. And if you get a hang of nutrition when you're young, there's some hope there. You know what I mean? You can dodge a lot of different problems that, that prop up over life. Yeah, I wish I just wish I would have been shown something earlier because I was never a, uh, a vegetable eating person. It was always, you know, meat and potatoes. And, and I just never liked vegetables. And my wife has seen me change so much about the type of food. I mean, I'm eating uh, Brussels sprouts now. And before I would have never touched them, you know, along with cabbage. I mean, my grandmother used to cook cabbage and we just hated it when she cooked cabbage because the whole house smelled and me and my older brother would leave to go eat somewhere else when she would cook cabbage, you know, and, and he's the kind of person that you talk about in the book. He can eat whatever he wants to, and he doesn't gain weight, you know? So we always ate the same amount. And I was always the big guy. I was the big little brother. And he was always the older brother who, uh, you know, never gained the weight. <laughs> right. Isn't that interesting? But we all have our own unique genetics, even brothers, sisters, you know, it's, it's fascinating to see how even twins in some cases, if they're eating, you know, genetically identical, they can be eating a slightly different thing and they start looking different and, and even acting different in some cases. And uh, science is showing the reasons for that, which is basically that uh, at, at, at almost an instantaneous level, what you're eating, how you're moving or not moving, uh, how much sleep you got, all these different things are turning on your genetic expression, little slices of it, one bit at a time. And so I can remember feeling so differently. I felt like I was locked into being a bad genetic specimen yeah. almost, right, yeah. at, a, at a younger age. That's what I always felt like. I was the big guy. You know, you're just, just a big guy, and, and it doesn't matter what you're going to do. You're always going to be the big guy. And, and, you know, I saw people in my family that were that way too. You know, he was always the, the big uncle or whatever, and, and you know, he's just always going to be big. So that's what I always thought, and, you know, this is the only time it's uh, changed. <laughs> Yeah. So then you get a, a hang of it. You see that you actually have good genes too. <laughs> and yeah. what are the biggest things that surprised you along the way? You know, getting off the sugar. I mean, probably the hardest thing was to get off of Dr. Pepper and to get off of sweet tea. And, you know, I, too. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, to just do uh, unsweet tea, you know, and then I was just working as hard as I could towards water. But then once I was off, you know, I started in February. My birthday's in June. And I told my wife, I said, look, my birthday, we're going to go. There's an Italian restaurant. I said, I'm going to order pizza because I want pizza and I'm going to have a Dr. Pepper. And it's my birthday. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. You know? So we sat down and I ordered the Dr. Pepper and they brought me a Dr. Pepper and I drank it. And like the first sip, it was just horrible. Yeah. You know, and I, I just couldn't believe how bad it tasted. Right. Or bread, you know, just just the bread, you know, like you talk so much about the way that we make bread and pasta and stuff now and being away from it and then trying it like on a cheat meal. It was like, man, I guess this is why he says to have a cheat meal is because you'll have it. And you don't want it anymore. <laughs> you know, it makes you feel that you don't want to eat that anymore. This is what freedom tastes like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've been craving pizza. And now you had pizza. and Now you just don't feel like ever eating it again, you know. You'd think it makes you sick. <laughs> the good news is that you do this for a little while, and it's pretty easy to make treats at home. And even if you can't, it's, I, I can't tell you how much easier it is now 
you know, in 2017 yeah. compared to when I, I started writing about this more in like 2010, there were hardly yeah. any options aside from like those tiny little super expensive mom and pop health food stores that you used to see around and don't as much anymore. Uh, but these days, you know, you can get organic food. You can get, like you said, the fresh salad just down the street in a yeah. lot of places all across the country and, and certainly all across the world. Uh, not everywhere, but it's it's so much easier to make the right decision when you have it around you, and that's getting better for sure. Yeah, but we just try to do the best that we can. And you know, and I've been trying to show some of my kids at school because you know I, I teach high school and I have kids and they're always snacking in class, and I'll go grab, you know, a candy bar or whatever from them, and I'm like, well, what are you eating? Oh, it's it's a chocolate bar, and I'll flip it over and start reading ingredients. I'm like, what's this? Well, I don't know. What's this? You know, I'm like, man, this sounds like a science lab experiment. You know? Yeah. What do you teach? I teach automotive, so it's it's mostly guys. It's a little bit different, but they still understand. I don't know how much they learned from it, but a lot of them saw me in the paper and they heard about it too, so they're pretty uh, excited about that. And it, it's just kind of weird because the people that see you every day don't ever see that you've lost any weight. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So it's my ex students that I had in class a couple of years ago. Those are the ones that are like, oh, Mr. Whitaker, you you know, they come give you a hug. They're like, man, what happened? Right. What made you really decide that it was worth it to make the changes? You know, I started seeing what Kurt was eating, you know, and then I kind of I looked at the book and I was like, well, I'm going to pay attention to the show. So then right at the end of the show, you know, I kind of kept my eyes on Kurt the whole time. And at the end of the show, you know, seeing the results and everything else. And I'd been looking online at what I could find online about the book and everything else. And at the end of the show, he came in second. And what did he lose, like 87 pounds or something? Yeah. And I was like, I got on Amazon, just ordered the book right after that. I'm like, you know what? If it worked for him and he's got knee problems and everything else, I'm like, most of the foods they're showing I like or would be willing to try or whatever else. And I'm like, you know, I need to give it a try again. I need to do something because my doctor's been talking to me for a long time about my weight because we've known the same doctor for a long time. So he's seen me gain weight over the years. I've had a lot of problems with high blood pressure and cholesterol. And I was on four different pills. And, you know, my doctor was just like, you know, just, hey, lose 10 pounds. You know, if you can just lose, you know, I think he's just trying to motivate motivate me to do something. You know, I don't, I'm just glad because me and my wife have tried several different things over the years, and this is the only one that actually lasted more than a few weeks. Wow. What, why do you think that was? You know, I think some of it was being able to eat more at night, I was happy with that. Being able to eat meats, I like meats. You know, like in the book, I remember it talking about at the beginning to, like if you eat dinner and you're still hungry, you know, go back and you can eat, you can eat some more. You know, it never was saying, you know, here, have two ounces of this and that's all you can eat. You know, uh, it was just kind of a list of, of what's good and what's bad and do the best that you can. That's what I've tried to tell people because I'll have people that ask me, well, what do you eat? And I'll tell them, look, you don't want to know what I eat right now because it's going to turn you off. Let me tell you what I ate when I first started. So like when I first started, I got up every morning because I was used to eating breakfast and I had bacon and eggs. I had two eggs and two pieces of bacon every morning because the coffee, I'm just not a coffee person. I just can't do coffee. And then I was just trying to have snacks and lunch and dinner that went along with food that was okay as far as the book goes. And the longer that you're on that, and the longer that, that I got away from sugar and processed foods, 
the easier it was just to start. You started noticing your portions were just kind of cutting back naturally because you just weren't as hungry. And that's just what made it so easy for me is I never felt hungry. I didn't, you know, I don't know if it's really a word or if it's just something I've heard around here about being hangry. No, it's a, it's a word now. <laughs> yeah, hungry and angry. And I know exactly what that was because I did that so many times. I mean, you were just, you know, going somewhere in the morning. And it's like, no, we're stopping to get breakfast. We're going to stop or I'm going to get out of the car at the next light and walk somewhere. And y'all can just leave me because I've got to have breakfast. You know, and now I get up and it's like, well, I just want some water. I want some ice water. Give me ice water and I'm good to go. Right. You know, like you talk in the book, are you hungry or is your body just trying to tell you that you're thirsty and you don't understand what your body's telling you? Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like you, you'll see the pictures, uh, you know, like on the Internet where people will show a bottle of water and they'll show a bottle of Coke or whatever. And they're like, why does the bottle of water cost more? You know, and, and I mean, it's really like we've never been pushed to drink water. We've always been pu- pushed to drink sodas. It's just because, I mean, we grew up, we always had it growing up. Yeah. You know, so but it was smaller bottles, right? It was like these kind of cute, collectible almost, certainly yeah. now, <laughs> bottles. When I was a kid, we still had the small glass bottles you had to take back for deposits. You know, and I remember that just a little bit when I was a kid. But we always drank Coke. I mean, you know. And Dr. Pepper started as an elixir of actual things, and then it turned into, you know, a bunch of flavors from who knows where. Yeah. And I still remember, you know, on my birthday when I tried to drink that Dr. Pepper, it was just so nasty. And, and I haven't had anything, you know, other than water and, well, you know, occasional alcohol. But Right. <laughs> the, the sugar in, uh, or, or even the diet sodas, how are you able to beat that? Because a lot of people are super addicted to either one. I find that people are actually more addicted to the diet sodas than the, the sugar varieties. Well, for Lent, before I had given up, I did the best I could, and you'll laugh, but I gave up Dr. Pepper for Lent one year. That's I was huge. like, no, I think that's no great. Dr. Pepper. Well, but, but you hadn't caught the rest of the story. Okay. <laughs> I was still drinking sweet tea. <laughs> All right. One step at a time. Well, yeah. You know, it's, it's one evil for another, but I had given up soft drinks, you know, one year for Lent, and it actually went further. It went about six months, but I didn't realize exactly what I was doing because I was still drinking sweet tea. So, for this, that was really one of the hardest things. And that's what I try to tell people when they ask me about starting a diet. I'm like, look, if you can just step away from from sugar, if you can get rid of the Cokes and the sweet tea and, and try your best to get away from sugar, because, I mean, it is it is really a drug. And, and I know you talk about that in the book, but you don't understand it until you're off of it. You know how much of a drug it is. And you know, I really, I know now, like if a friend of mine just had a birthday party and, and he's lost 50 pounds on the wild diet, so I'm, I'm pretty happy for him. Yeah. Uh, Me too. Tell him I said hi. Yeah. <laughs> he lost 50 pounds and he had a, he had his 40th birthday party and we had cake over there and it was like, you know, just having a, a good piece of cake. It's like, man, I just feel the sugar kicking in because I'm like, you know, I want another piece of cake. You know, and it's just like, man, I mean... I think sugar is the the biggest problem besides the process. I know the process stuff is horrible, but the sugar is so addictive. And just like you talk about them trying to engineer things so that you eat it and you're like, okay, well, cool. I want some more. Or trying to eat the 100 calorie pack of of cookies and then, you know, try to say you're full. Well, now I eat one and I'm like, well, I need another one or I need something else. You know, I take it from the book. You used to work like in the food service industry, uh, 
yeah, out of college, my first job, I had college loans and they were significant, so I wanted to pay them off as, as quickly as possible. So I uh, took a job in management consulting or strategy consulting, it's, it's sometimes called. And uh, I worked with some of those big companies and looked at how they kind of like got into new markets. So what, what you were talking about before is exactly how it's kind of engineered. And behind the scenes, I realized that, that people are, you know, engineering addiction and they're hiring uh, people like me who I, you know, studied psychological and brain sciences, but people <laughs> who have more advanced degrees than me who truly specialize in how to, you know, addict a brain to a food or an app for that matter, to a technology, right? That, and that's another thing that we're seeing. It's pretty easy to overeat when you're overstimulated and we're all super stressed and overstimulated mostly thanks to these these devices so that's another thing it's like i remember reading a uh, a research study that showed the amount of uh, i think it was popcorn that you eat in front of a kind of like scary thriller or exciting type movie versus just on its own you eat like several yeah. multiples yeah, and you don't even notice it and then there are these other studies of if you uh, have bottomless soup and the, the person doesn't know it. They keep eating, you know, like gallons of, of this soup because they have no idea. And we're just trained to finish what's on the plate on autopilot. We, you know, if it comes, if it's a burger and it's the size of those tiny mini ones, the cute little sliders, you'll eat that. But if it's, you know, 20 ounces or 40 ounces of meat with these huge buns and fries and shakes, you'll eat that too. The yeah, problem I, is, and, and I think you probably understand this at this point, when you combine something like a like a hamburger from a fast food chain, and they know this, when you combine those flavors with something like a soda or ice cream shakes, you know, sugary ice cream shakes, mm -hmm. the difference in those flavors is like you get sick of the burger because it's just like a blast of this hyper-stimulating food. So you have to take a sip of the super sweet thing and then you drink that until you're kind of sick of that. Then you go back to the greasy, salty, and you go back and forth, and that is that effectively shuts off your hunger. Because otherwise, as soon as you get sick of something, you're kind of over it. You're you're done eating, really. You could maybe you'll eat a little bit of something else, but you're pretty much done once you reach that saturation point. But it's uh, that point is has been manipulated by most food companies to be broken, so that we're over the line then constantly. What am I going to eat next? What am I going to eat next? Until you're hangry in the morning, and that's your yes. life, you know? Yes. I mean, and that's, you know, I, I used to feel miserable, and I didn't know it, because you would just eat so much. And, and it's like there's such a delay from your stomach to your brain, you know, and you would eat so much, and then, you know, you'd sit down, and you're just like, oh, you know, and that's what I really like about the, the diet is now it's, it's not like that. I mean, even if we eat, you know, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess I'm full. I guess I should stop eating. You never feel that over fullness that, that, you know, bloatedness or whatever in your stomach. And I, man, I felt that for years. And, and, you know, when I was a kid, that's how we were told we were full. Right. You know, you just can't eat, you just keep eating until you can't eat anymore. And I really uh, wish I wouldn't have been shown that when I was a kid. I remember that, that feeling too. And that, especially like breads, pastas, yes. other things like that, which you pretty much have with every meal, so you don't know where it's coming from. But I remember, especially at night, you feel like your stomach is halfway up in your chest and it's slowly rising up and you just have this awful feeling. I thought that was just me. Yeah, I thought it was normal. I mean, we were told, well, good, you're full. You know, you're a growing boy. You need to get big and, and strong and whatever, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't. 
ever since I started eating and living this way, I don't get that like that Never. feeling in your stomach where the whole thing's seizing up and then yeah, no, it's, it's an awful feeling, and I'm happy it's gone. And, and frankly, I don't know what was causing that, but I just tried to knock out everything that, that could have been, and it worked, <laughs> for, for better or worse. And, and you know what? Like, we go to other countries, and we'll eat the wheat there sometimes. We'll, we'll taste a little bit of the bread and, and what have you. Depending on where we go, sometimes it's not an issue at all, and other places it's a huge deal, as bad as, as the U.S. or worse. Oh, so when I saw the article, I think it was what uh, – Man loses a hundred pounds with no exercise. <laughs> Let's yes. talk about the no exercise part. You know, I started and like in the book, I believe you know, like you said that uh, losing weight's like eighty percent diet and twenty percent exercise. And I'm like, well, you know what? I can give something eighty percent. So <laughs> I'm gonna start trying to eat better and, and let's see what happens. And, you know, the weight was coming off. And really about the only exercise I ever did was during the summer when we were both off of work, we rode our bikes a few times. But I didn't really call it exercise. You know, to me, it was more like I'm not going to the gym. I had posted on, on a local uh, board that's here in our area, and uh, the writer from the Chronicle had picked it up. And then that's what she ran with was, was the no exercise part of it, which I was fine with. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care which angle you want to throw on it, but, you know, I didn't really exercise other than riding my bike a few times. I really haven't done any exercise now. I mean, I know I need to. Uh, you know, I've still got weight that I want to lose, and, and I have a lot, you know, in my midsection where men carry it the most that I, I really, you know, right now that doesn't matter to me because I'm just happy with the, you know, like when I look at the pictures, you know, when I see the difference from, from where I was a year ago and then seeing the pictures now, it's just crazy. And then, you know, the clothes, being able to go and buy clothes and I can actually go to a store and buy clothes. You know, you're not trying to find one of these places that carries, you know, three and four and five XL shirts. And, you know, that's, that's what I always got. That's what made me upset inside the most was not being able to go to a regular store and buy clothes. You know, you're trying to find a place that has big enough clothes for you. And, you know, from your point of view, looking through your eyes, you don't see it. You never really see what you look like. You know, you see it in pictures and then, you know, we're always the type of people. It's like, well, I don't really want, don't take pictures of me. I don't want to see a picture of me, you know, but then seeing the changes and everything, uh, I've kept the same belt that I started with and uh, a friend at work, he's got a leather hole punch and that's all I've done is punch holes around it. And now it will basically almost go around and touch the center of my back. It's fun to, to complain about having to buy smaller clothes, you know. And, and that's been a constant change. And it's really a motivator when you go try on jeans and you're like, well, I think I can go down a size. And you go try them on, you go down two sizes. And it's like, man, that's just a lot of motivation. That's kind of my deal now is if I can motivate anybody to, you know, at least try, you know. And, and some people just kind of get motivated because they're like, well, I know you. Yeah. You know, the funny question I always get is like, well, well what do I have to buy? What do I have to do? You know, they're waiting for some chemical. Here, buy these pills. They're, you know, 300 bucks. Yeah. One of my coworkers, he was going to a doctor to lose weight, and they were taking some type of pills or something, and he lost quite a bit of weight, enough that I went and asked him, you know, where are you going? What are you doing? You know, and he told me, and I mean, it was expensive. And I was like, I can't do that. I mean, I can't even afford going to this doctor. That's crazy what they were spending on this doctor. You know, after that is when I saw the, the stuff about the wild diet and when I saw the show, and, and you know, I'm like, well, this, this fits in my budget. I mean, we all got to eat. Yeah, <laughs> right. But at first, it was a little expensive, right? Like you weren't used to it. 
you know, it wasn't really, you know, because people ask us that, you know, was it expensive? Is this hard? And it's like, you know, really, I don't think it, my wife spends most of the money on, on food. That's not really part of my budget. That's her budget. But, you know, when you look at all the junk food that you're not buying anymore and you're actually buying real food and then when you're on it for a while and like the, the uh, portion sizes start to go down, I don't see how it, you know, that's what I kept telling people. I'm like, look, all you need to do is buy the book. The book's less than 20 bucks on Amazon. Just buy the book and read the book. That's all you need to buy. There's no pills. There's nothing else. And it's just that book. I'll tell you one thing about diet books. Most of the time, you see diet book authors spitting out a book every year or two, just kind of churning them out. And I wrote this book to be like, <laughs> and I got some blowback on this. I'm just like, nope, it's all right here. I'm not going to do like a bunch of other ones about this. I'm giving you all the things you need right here so that it's just kind of on its own, its own yeah. thing. You can give it to a friend, you can give it to your grandmother, you can give it to a kid, you can read it in two hours, and it gives you the things that you know we should have learned along the way, but at some point just kind of got dropped. Maybe you know, with schools kind of cutting back on a lot of the real world knowledge, which is a whole other conversation, but yeah. Um, yeah. I think that is one of the things that have fallen through the, the cracks, is that focus on just the simple life skills that we need to get through the day, like drinking enough water and eating some some vegetables every now and then. I know, I know, I agree completely, and I wish the schools were allowed to serve the food that the workers in the cafeteria have the knowledge to prepare. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, one step at a time. And working in the education industry, you kind of understand it that our hands are tied so much. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. What were some of the things you wish you knew at the beginning? When you for, or, or just a little more than a year ago, I guess. I guess like if I went out to eat somewhere, trying to understand how I could make something that they have fit the diet the best that I could. You know, I mean, I understand maybe some of the ingredients they were using weren't 100% correct, but I'm trying to have something that's not fried food and hopefully not something that's processed. And I'm trying to eat out and do the best that I can. You know, that was a little overwhelming. You know, like now we don't even really want to go out and eat that much. I mean, it's... Your, your taste really changed with this diet and, and your taste buds and, and what you think is good and what you think is not good changes a lot. And, you know, it kind of started off at the beginning just sticking to the outside of the grocery store where more of the fresh foods are that'll go bad, you know, meats and vegetables and things like that. And we really had a hard time at the beginning trying to plan exactly what we could eat, doing the best that we could to stay on the diet correctly. That's probably overwhelming to a lot of people because you're asking them to change everything they've always known and try to eat this way and it's it's difficult i mean it was really hard for us on the the food part of it i mean you know i started out with bacon and eggs well that's easy you know we could find bacon that oh you know where it doesn't have as many chemicals and stuff in it i don't remember how they have it labeled but and eggs were not too hard to find because they have a lot of different selections of not as bad eggs right (laughs) and i'll tell you what if you go for the not as bad, step up from the cheapest, sometimes that's good enough. We try to do that the best we can. We're just trying not to buy the, the foods that have been processed so much. You know, just try to do the best that you can, you know? And there's times that, like, if we buy vegetables, we'll buy organic, and there's times where it's like, well, we can't right now. You know, it's just not working, or maybe they don't have it, or, you know, hey, hey you just do the best that you can. But... Getting away from some of the food was really hard. You know, getting away from potatoes. I never thought I could like a sweet potato. And and now I just love a sweet potato, and we cook them three or four different ways. And, you know, we had a friend that was that was asking us, well, what 
tell me why sweet potatoes are better than regular potatoes. And my wife had to go back in the book and find where it talked about, I guess, uh, was like like a slow burning carb and a fast burning carb. Yeah. And she quoted that out of the book and told her on the internet, you know, so she could understand the difference. And whatever it is, I don't know, but I'm losing weight. So yeah, <laughs> and and just so everyone knows, it's usually more complicated than something like that. But sometimes, like thinking in it in, in that shorthand can really help you just get through and go for that sweet potato instead. It's like, you know. It's debatable when you ask if any one food is good or bad, and that's where it gets tricky, and a lot of people get tripped up. And I totally hear it, you know, at the beginning of the process. It's hard to be like, number one, change your entire worldview that you've held for however many decades, and everything that you know about uh, what you've been taught about nutrition, health, like whatever. Just let all that go. And then number two, learn how to cook everything now and start today. And it's it's a lot to do all at once. That's why I think it's so great to speak with you because you made it through to the other end and it's tricky not many people get there that's probably what's helped us the most because we don't have to eat out we don't have to eat fast food we don't have to we can we're fine with going to the grocery store and buying food and cooking it at home that's probably helped us a lot compared maybe to some other people that you know like taco bell i don't want to go to taco bell you know i don't want to go to waterburger i don't want to go anywhere I don't want to have to get that desperate to even have to go in there. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm, I'm realizing now that, you know, on one end of it, you feel, let, let's say before you went through all of this and your taste for one way, you wanted to go to Taco Bell and maybe you thought that that was freedom in being able to go there and kind of eat whatever you want, right? But then on the other end of it, that feels like you'd be trapped, right? And something like that. That's the way that I feel like now. It's like, you want to go be on the cravings hamster wheel and and the diarrhea wheel for the next three days, go to Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even being older and eating Taco Bell, it's like, man, how did I eat this when I was a teenager? Yeah. You know, I mean, teenager, it was great because it was cheap. You know, you're looking for cheap food. And then now it's like you, you go there and it's like, oh God, this is like torture now. But, you know, after being on the diet, it's like, if I've got to eat out, there's a few places I know where I can get stuff that's pretty close to being correct on the diet. And other than that, it's kind of hard sometimes to eat out now because you're so used to having good food that you made at home. And then now my senses are so used to it. You know, your taste buds have come accustomed to fresh food that you have at home that you cook at home. Yeah. You really, you'll go eat at a restaurant and you're like, well, that wasn't really worth it. I mean, we should have just bought some steaks and cooked steaks at home and, you know, it would have tasted better. It's so interesting. Uh, my wife Allison and I just went on a little mini vacation for like six days. We went on a road trip, drove from Texas up to Colorado and then back through New Mexico. And it was uh, it was great fun. But we realized when we came back, we were just kind of like looking over the bills and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know, in six days, we actually ate out three times. And all three were at the same kind of like health food place that we loved in Denver. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it, you know, we, we stopped at uh, a few health food stores, just grocery stores, basically. And we packed up uh, a couple of meals that we had for the first day. And that was about it. Other than that, it was so easy. And to us, that felt like freedom. When you go on a road trip and you have basically all the food you need, you don't need to, okay, where are we eating for lunch? Where are we eating for dinner? Uh, we're hungry. We need a snack. You know, where are we going for breakfast? It, it takes up your whole trip. But when you get a handle of the food thing... It starts to get really fun. You feel free again. I didn't mention this before, but my doctor was at the point that he was wanting me to have some type of weight loss surgery. And after doing my own research about different, you know, 
weight loss surgeries and, you know, the different things they'll do to your stomach and all this other stuff and, and uh, the problems associated with it that people don't realize because they're looking for a quick, fast fix. That was something else that really motivated me to try to give something else a try. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I Really, uh, the only other thing I can think of that I, I just wanted to tell you was, you know, when I talked about my doctor and he kept telling me, hey, you need to lose 10 pounds or you need to lose 20 pounds or whatever. I told him one time, I said, Doc, I said, that would be like me telling you that you need to breathe less. I want you to breathe 20% less yeah. than what you breathe right now. You know, when you're so addicted to all this food, that's what it felt like to me. You know, it just felt like, I mean, really a total addiction, you know, because being hungry and everything all the time. It really helps motivate me. Like if I put something on Facebook and you have all these other people that are liking it and commenting and sharing and things like that, it, that's really a big motivator. Yeah, that's great. People can be so supportive with this sort of thing. Of course, there's the other side of it, but for the most part, it's it's very empowering and, and, and super cool. And we do have meal plans, by the way, too. So we'll, um, we have a whole fat burning tribe set up. You're, you're not in that yet, right? I'm not in that, you know, and, and I kind of saw it and I was like, I just didn't really think much of it because we kind of already started figuring the book out. Yeah, and then... I, I, I totally get it. But uh, we'll we'll be happy to uh, invite you and your wife, your whole family, if you'd like, and you guys can pop in there because we do meal plans every month. We've got, uh, you know, the whole Facebook group as well. But mostly it's just like 2,000 people from all over the world. Some of them have been doing it for five plus years now. So oh, they're wow. always like answering questions and, and, you know, all sorts of stuff pops up. So... Yeah, we'd be happy to include you on all that. And uh, what's the biggest weight amount that, that you've heard of doing this? The biggest? People... Yeah. There have been a few over 100. I think 120, maybe 130. You're trying to beat it? Oh, if it's that low, I might go for I it. I think you could beat it, yeah. <laughs> How much more do you think you have to go? When I started, I weighed 357 pounds, which I can't believe I weighed that much. But right now, like this, I mean, I'm right at the verge of hitting 110. But, I mean, I've still got a lot of fat around my midsection. So, I mean, I, I think I could probably do, you know, depending on, I would love to weigh 199. I mean, it, that would be amazing to get below 200. I don't know if I can get there or not, but I'm still trying to go. I'm not trying to give up. I mean, it's. You said that you haven't really worked out yet. No, I, I need to. You know, I'm one of these people. I've had a gym membership for probably, you know, 10 years. Yeah. And <laughs> I get it. Doctor says you need to go to the gym. I drive right by there every day. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to get started. It's it's harder to get started in the gym because it's so it feels like such a judgy place at first, right? Like you feel like people will be, oh, you're not doing it right, or just like that guy's out of shape or something. Uh, for the most part, it's it's not like that. But the quick wins at the beginning is like the good news is that you haven't really worked out yet at all. So yeah. if once you do, you'll get some quick gains, which are just like cheap and easy at the beginning, low hanging fruit. Right. Uh, and you could get that by certainly just walking is, is great in and of itself as much as you can is, is always wonderful, but like full body compound movements, even if you just do one like squats, if mm -hmm. you can get full mobility up and down with no weight, that, is going to be like 50% of the way there, just that one movement. And of course, adding other things like like push-ups, pull-ups eventually, or something like that, presses, deadlifts, whatever, you can add more things on there, but simple as, as a squat. I'm at the point I'm trying to get motivated to go back to the gym. Yeah, one thing that might help you, this helped me, was 
on Mondays, I have monster lifts. It's like one of those things, aside from today, I'm pushing it tomorrow because I have a flight or whatever and I was interviewing all day, but that's that's my thing. I do monster lifts on Mondays or if I have to push it out one day on Tuesdays. And What, what is that? It basically just means big heavy lifts. That's oh. the day I'm going to do squats. That's the day I'm going to do deadlifts. I'm going to build strength that day. And usually I'll work out for about 20, 30 minutes of those heavy lifts, but that's just what I do that day. So there's nothing to argue with. It's not like, maybe I should go to the gym. <laughs> what day is it? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, I'll go tomorrow. It's like, no, on Mondays I do monster lifts. And if at, at the end of the day you haven't done that, then you haven't done your thing that day. And so putting it in my schedule and just having that be its own themed little thing really helped. Um, could be Sunday fun day, could be, you know, uh, a happy hour Friday workout thing, whatever. Yeah, figure something like that out. Just a, a certain day, certain time set aside. And then it's easy. Then you don't have to, but the, the hardest part is being like, should I go or should I not? Because you go back and forth in your head and that's so exhausting. Then at the end, you're just like, screw it. I am eating some pie. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you have to play tricks on your on your monkey brain sometimes and uh, help yourself make the right decision. But if you could do that, one thing that might help you too is easiest way to get started, I would say bar none, is kettlebells. Probably having one at home would be good just so you can kind of look at it, get it in your head, be like, okay, this is there, maybe I should learn how to use this. But take a class or two, uh, if you can, with like a personal trainer at that gym, who can just show you some of the correct form and get you set up with the right weight. Or just watch some YouTube videos and you can yeah. get a long yeah. way too. Yeah, we got great resources now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, it's it's really as simple as that. And if you do that minimum amount, that's the thing that gets you to the next level where you're going to get back to your basically your ideal weight. And then it um, the best predictor of how long you're going to live is your muscle mass and maintaining that into a, a later age or an older age. So the longer you can maintain your strength, the longer you're going to live and, and the more health you're going to have. Your hormones are going to be in a good space. So uh, that's what I need to get into. And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of the next step. That's what I really need to get into is starting to get into the gym. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Here is another tip from Jerry Seinfeld. And this is how he says he got good at comedy. He said, uh, basically, this was his advice to, to young comics. Get one of those calendars with the white boxes, right, for each day and write every day and on the days that you write make an x and yeah. on those days that's a streak that you have going all those x's in a row are a streak and never break the streak write <laughs> <laughs> every day never break the streak well, yeah. uh, and i think that's such great advice because once you miss a workout once you miss a, a, a day of eating well it's so easier to be like screw it Whatever. I'm just not going to bother because I already screwed it up. I already had that little piece of cupcake, so I'm just going to eat all six, right? Well, you know, like the people that have a cheat a cheat meal, but it turns into a cheat day, and then every day is a cheat day. Yeah. Yeah, you just gave up. I'm going to diet, but every day is a cheat day, and it's like, you know, you've got to stick with it. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So when you start, it doesn't have to be Monday, but we'll get you on a Monster Lift Monday streak. <laughs> so you have that going for you. Well, that, that's probably my next step. That's what I need to do. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to read that book. And <laughs> <laughs> the good news is that you'll find that it's a lot more fun now than it would have been, you know, a year ago. You'll have more energy. Your muscles will respond faster. You'll recover faster. You'll probably sleep better. 
that's the hard thing about being overweight. If you try to go to the gym, it just turns into, I'm just going to try to walk on the treadmill or I'm going to try to ride a bike. And, and, you know, I think that's what a lot of people have difficulty with is they're trying to go into the gym and they're so overweight and, you know, just like I was. And I mean, and you're just exhausted trying to do anything and, and then you don't see results. You know, the commercial they have where the guy runs around and he hops back on the scale and he weighs the same or whatever, you know, I mean, it just, a lot of work needs to go into it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I love your order of doing things is just well, nail the diet, put all of your energy into that at first. You don't have to work out at all if you don't want to. And then once you, you get a significant amount of, of weight off or you're back to close, closer to your ideal weight, then it just gets, it's fun. You want to move more and it's, it becomes a part of who you are and you have the energy for it. You feel younger again. Well, maybe that'll motivate some people, you know, I don't know. Maybe that'll motivate some people understanding, Hey, look, you don't have to go to the gym. Just start eating right. Yeah. You know, and see some weight come off just by eating right. I know you say that in the book, but maybe they, maybe people just don't. No one believes it because it's all in our head. You know, all of the marketing is saying you need the fanciest running shoes and you need these sweet shorts and cool shades and you need to work out all the time like an NBA pro. You've got to eat all this food that says low fat, healthy. And, right, and you've got to drink Gatorade, and you, it comes with a few. Yeah, it comes with baggage for sure. <laughs> you get, then you've got all of a sudden you're drinking Dr Pepper again. You're, you're going to Subway and you're getting all the hoagies or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, not anymore. No looking back. We're not going to break that streak. No, I don't have any plans on it. This has just become one of the forums that I was posting on. You know, some people were asking me a lot of questions about it, and. You know, that's what one of the guys was saying. He said, well, it sounds more like it's a lifestyle change. And I was like, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it's not a diet anymore because you just kind of know, well, no, I can't eat that. It's not that I'm craving bread and it's like, no, I can't eat bread. It's like, no, I just don't eat bread because I know what it does to me now. You know, I don't want to eat bread. I don't want to eat pasta. I don't want that Coke. You know, I'm not trying to say I can't have it anymore. I'm just trying to say that I, I don't want to eat it because I know what it does to my body it's more of a lifestyle change and, and it becomes normal. Yeah. And that, that's the great part is when you don't even feel like you're on a diet. Yeah, exactly. You feel like you've found a sweet spot. That's how I feel. It's like you find that little sweet spot and then if you need to, you can turn the dials one way or another. Sometimes I like to enjoy myself a little bit more. Yep. My abs may be a little bit blurrier then, which is no big deal. And then if you want to, you can get a little bit more discipline or you could train for something in particular and then you just, you, you keep on going. It's part of the fun is how much it changes over the years. And just like the holidays, you know, going through Christmas and Thanksgiving, it was like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and look at this food and not eat it. I had a lot of food. I ate just as much as everybody else did. And I saw the scale go up and it's like, I'm not worried about it because I know how to make the scale go back down. And that, that nailed it. I think that's the biggest thing that allows you to like see your whole life in a different way. It's like everything's a bit brighter. If you gain yep. a few pounds, it's not like you're sentenced to gaining weight for the rest of your life. It's more like, oh, I see what happened here. I could see why that happened. Let's, all right, let's be a little better. You know, that's what I like about it is if I, you know, if it's Christmas time and I have some apple pie and ice cream or whatever else, you know, because a lot of us have multiple Christmas gatherings we go to and we eat a lot of food. Well, then after that, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get back on track and do what I need to do. And then, bam, here the weight goes back off, and you're right back where you were right before Christmas. You know? Yeah. Well, 108 pounds down, no exercise. I, I can't wait to see how far you get. Yeah. I hope to hit 110 by this week, by the end of this week is my goal. So cool. Yeah, well, I think I'll have to double check, but I think if you – lose more than 120 or 130 that's that's the most i've heard of anyone losing with the wild diet so 
my son weighs about 118 pounds, and I'm trying to get to that point because I want to take a picture with him to show how much weight. Yeah, I lost a person, you know. So that's what I keep asking him. Like, what do you weigh? Don't gain any weight. Let me catch up to you. We're going to take some pictures, and that—that's what I want to do is take a picture with him. That—that's really my goal now is to. If I can get there, I want to get there to, to lose as much as he weighs. That is so great. Yes, you're already at my wife's weight. You've lost yeah. <laughs> my weight, Allison. <laughs> so good on you. I mean, I, I'm just so thrilled that, that you're enjoying it and you totally get it. And uh, really, thank you once again for being generous with your time. This is great fun. And I'm always so curious to hear how where people go with that little book that I wrote. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm glad that you did it. I'm really glad they had the TV show because I don't know if I would have heard about it without the TV show. And I, I, I wish they would do it again. I thought that was great. And I thought it was great timing for them to show it right after the beginning of the year when people are trying to lose weight. It was good. Yeah. Well, we're not going anywhere. There are many exciting projects coming up. So good. Good. <laughs> we'll be seeing you soon. All right. So um, I'm, I'm sure that I'll be in touch with you or Allison will as well. But uh, let me know how it's going and can't wait okay. to hear you totally rock it. Maybe you can get that record for the most well, weight loss. You'll have to figure out what the record is and I'll see if I can get All right, there. I'll look into it. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank thanks you. again, Tommy. Really appreciate Bye. it. Before you go, don't forget to grab your listener discount on our 30-day fat loss plan. In this plan, we share 30 days of mouth-watering wild diet meal plans that are designed to help you drop fat with real food. The meal plans are paleo-friendly, easy to make, and literally the meals that my wife Allison and I eat just about every day and night to stay lean, fit, and happy. In the program, you'll get the most effective method of meal and nutrient timing to best stimulate fat loss and muscle recovery, the truth about how much protein you really need for your body type, 30 days of specific healthy fat-burning meal plans as a done-for-you nutrition strategy, and tons more. If you check it out today, you'll even get a listener discount. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com forward slash 30 days. That's the number 30, D-A-Y-S. Once again, that's fatburningman.com forward slash 30 days. I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you. And if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com. I'll give you a second to type it in, fatburningman.com. And you'll get all the show notes in video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man. Better yet, enter your best email at fatburningman.com, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up. 
Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now. Enter your best email to get your free fat burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.